You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Well, Happy New Year as we begin to hear the word in 2024 once again. And, uh, and as we come to this new year, I'd invite you to turn in your Bible to Psalm 96 this morning. Psalm 96. Perhaps that might be a familiar place. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Psalm 96. And uh, a couple things on your way there this morning. One is, just so you know, kind of the sermon plan again, so you're not in the dark. We, My aim... Um, even more sure today is towards First Samuel, but we're going to have to wait a little bit. Uh, we're not there today. Next week seems fitting. Kind of in these in-between series, there's a little time, so I think next week we're going to be back to the Psalms, probably Psalm 73, as you've got in the bulletin. Uh, most likely be there just by way of an encouraging psalm. Actually, a couple verses right in there. The next week after that is Sanctity of Life Sunday. I'm going to be uh, missing on that Sunday, but want to have a message that's aimed kind of towards that. So something's in the works for that, uh, for that day. So, that's, so that kind of takes us, rather than trying to start First Samuel somewhere in here, takes us to the end of January, and here we are at our annual meeting. So we'll be getting into First Samuel at that, at that point. Uh, that just gives you a little plan for those that like to know what's, what's coming. And I'll try to be ordering the journals again that we used uh, the last time. Uh, so we can look forward to that or be finding your particular journal that you like to use during a book study. One other note, just on the Bible reading plans, just a plug again, if you've started the year or you're, you're what are we, seven days in and you want to read the Bible on the two-year plan, come along, join with us. Even if you haven't started, start, grab a yellow copy that are in the front en- entrance and just, it's Ezra 7 today, it's pretty easy, and Acts 7. And uh, they're also in the bulletin, I think weekly there as well, the readings, but be part of the daily intake of God's Word, not just for our Sunday together, but the daily intake of that. All right, well, you're heading to Psalm 96, and I do have a picture here from Cora Matheson from uh, last week. They were here last week, great review of Romans. Uh, if you weren't with us, you were somewhere else, you can listen to that online, and uh, you can listen to yourself online, share about Romans last week, but she put in here, we all need saving because we all sin. God is for us. Who can be against us? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So give yourself to God there before the throne of God. So that's great. Appreciate Cora doing that. I don't know that they're with us this morning, but appreciate that. Um, Hopefully you're in Psalm 96. Let's read the psalm together and look to the Lord then. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. So ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. 
Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes. For He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. Let's pray once again to this God. Father, we do come in prayer and we exalt You as this psalmist does that we would ascribe all glory and strength and power be unto Your name alone, for Your glory alone. Father, whatever we have brought here this morning, whatever it is in us, and even our sin-tainted lives, we come, and Lord, as the picture showed us, may we bow before your throne right now and ascribe to you the glory due your name alone. And where we have stolen that glory, where we have sought it for ourselves, forgive us and lead us back towards you and your purposes. So guide our time in your word as we think on some of these things and we think on our church. You would guide us uh, through this time for your glory. By your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing you need to know, the illustration I'm about to give and share would have come no matter the outcome of last week's game with the Vikings and Packers. So it's... And we don't need to talk about scores or what happened with all that. We, I'd love to discuss it afterwards with you, but uh, uh, that's for another time. But we're here on this first Sunday of 2024, and I'm going to share what's now a very familiar story of Vince Lombardi and take us back to July of 1961. Listen to this. Mike Crandell writes this about Lombardi back in 1961. It says, Vince Lombardi kicked off the first day of training camp for the 38 players on his Green Bay Packers football team. The prior season had ended in a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles after blowing a lead in the fourth quarter of the NFL championship game. And when the players came in to start training camp, they expected to immediately begin where they left off and work on ways to advance their game and learn fancy new ways to win the championship in the new season. When they sat down and began, Vince Lombardi held up a football and said, Gentlemen, this is a football. He then had everyone open up their playbooks and start on page one where they begin to learn the fundamentals. Blocking, tackling, throwing, catching. That was clearly not what they had expected as players who were at the top of their game. This hyper-focus on fundamentals allowed them to win the NFL championship that season 37-0, against the New York Giants, and Vince Lombardi went on to win five NFL championships in seven years. He never coached a team with a losing season after that and never lost a playoff game again. There's the football. Believers in Christ, this is a church, and so to to kind of pull off of Lombardi, what is the mission of our church? As we start this new year together, I want to just take us again back to the fundamentals of who we are as a church in terms of our mission. What are we to be about as Bethany Bible Church? And our statement of faith for our church is quite helpful to us in this. And so we're going to be looking at that as we go along. 
Now let me just say here, asterisk point, most of this sermon is going to sound familiar because I'm plagiarizing off of myself from last year and then the two years, and this is the fourth time uh, this sermon has been preached, and Lord willing, probably next year it will happen again. Because why? Why do this? For starters, we're forgetful. Uh, this week, I told Hannah something. I said, I've got two things to tell you. And I got through the first one. Like one minute later, I couldn't remember the second. We're just forgetful people. We forget easy, uh, easily. Even the book of Romans, we've, we've learned so much. We've been so many places. And it takes effort to remember, oh yeah, there was that and that. And, and we're just forgetful. And so we struggle to remember. So it's, it's helpful to come back. Um, and remember, even our communion today that we're going to celebrate in a little bit is part of remembering because we're so forgetful. So negatively, we forget. What are we to be about as a church? On the positive side, though, coming back to the fundamentals, it anchors us. We want to be anchored towards what's important because if we're not careful, we begin to major on what's just minor things and we, and we uh, minor on what should be the major things. What are we to be about? So The question before us, once again, as we start this new year, is what are we to be about as a church? What is our mission? And answer that question always begins with, well, what's God's primary mission? What is God all about? Isaiah 42.8 answers this. What's God's mission? I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other nor my praise to carved idols. Even in our passage that we've read, Psalm 96 before us, verse, um, verse 8 tells us, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Or earlier, verses 3 and 4, Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. And why should we do this? The psalmist answers, Because for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Then look at that passage. Look at even verses 5 and 6 here. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. So there are gods of the peoples. The psalmist calls them here worthless idols. In Romans 1, as we, was, as we saw, it calls this an exchange of glory. The, the exchange of the glory of the Creator, the glory of God for, for the glory of creation itself. And creation does speak to God's glory. It declares God's glory, but it's not to be worshipped. The created thing is not to be worshipped. The Creator is to be glorified and exalted and worshipped. And so God's ultimate purpose in everything is God's glory. And so if God's glory is His ultimate purpose, then it ought to be the purpose of the church. And that takes us to mission number one of our church. You've got this in your bulletin all kind of laid out for you. You can take notes on it. And maybe at this point, after the fourth time, you're starting to go, yep, I could list these off. That's one of your little take-home questions. Can you list off the, the mission of the church? But mission number one is exalting the Lord. Let me say here that any exaltation of the Lord really begins us in the gospel of the Son, of Jesus Christ. Because we're a people, naturally, who rebel in our sin. We're bent that way. We disobey and we glory, as Romans 1 talked about, we glory in all things other than the Lord. 
And we easily set up little gods and worthless idols. And so we are the ones that have strayed. We have fallen short, Romans 3.23, of the glory of God. And yet gloriously and graciously, it's there in our sin that God gives us new life by His Spirit. So we put our faith in Jesus Christ who died, who was buried, who on the third day rose again. And so there we are called out of sin and darkness into His marvelous light. And 1 Peter 2 tells us to do what? To proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us. And so God calls His own for His glory. And it's really the Gospel of Jesus Christ that restores us to bring glory to God. Our statement of faith explains what it looks like to exalt the Lord. So there's three of these. First, exalt the Lord. It says it's the primary mission of the church to bring glory to God consistent with His ultimate purpose for all of the created order. The corporate gathering here of the church is primarily and ultimately the exaltation of God in worship, prayer, and the preaching of His Word. So right now, in this gathering, right as, we, as I speak, as we're sitting here now, our primary purpose is to exalt God. We, we want to be fed the Word. We want to be, uh, come away encouraged, maybe comforted in sorrow. We want to hear the Gospel catch up on friendships, fellowship, all those things. But ultimately, we are here to exalt God, to give Him glory. That's the ultimate goal. And we do that through, there's three things here underlined, worship, prayer, and the preaching of the Word. So number one, we exalt the Lord in worship. And I think worship, in one sense, it's all-encompassing. Everything, prayer, preaching, everything's part of worship. And we'll see, see that as we go along here. Actually, but I, I think here we exalt the Lord in worship has that idea behind it, maybe more of of singing. And we, and we see that in the first two verses of the Psalm 96. You see it there before you. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Yeah, who are we singing to? The Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. And so singing is one way, not the only way, but one way God is exalted. Creation itself sings. We just sang, um, what was this? Oh, this is our Father's world. I couldn't remember the title of it. This is our Father's world. Verse 2 says this, This is my Father's world. You just sang this this morning. The birds their carols raise. The morning light, the lily white, do what? Declare their maker's praise. Creation sings, so we should sing as well. Singing is also telling. So we sing in praise, but singing is also telling. Telling what? It's truth. We sing, and what we sing ought to be truth and to the glory of God. So we want to sing songs that exalt the Lord. And it's been said of, uh, even talked about this last year, two sounds of a healthy church. I like this. Somebody talked about two sounds of a healthy church. Number one is babies crying. So check, that's awesome. Baby's crying. Number two, men, remember what it was? Signs of a healthy church, men singing. Count this your yearly call, men. Men of any voice range, any ability. This is your call. Let's lead out, men. Even let's surpass the women that we hear just this manly chorus in here. 
Why? So we can say we're just a man singing church or isn't that cool? That's cool, but it's to exalt the Lord. That's what we're called to do. So men and women and kids, as young as you are, to sing out because we have reason to sing. We come and gather. We sing because we're happy, to quote another song. So we sing. So we want to exalt the Lord with our voices in worship. All right, but worship is also more than singing. And so number two, we exalt the Lord in God-honoring God honoring dependent prayer. Uh, Jesus says, Matthew 21, verse 13, My house shall be called a house of prayer. The church, the dwelling place of God, not the physical building, but the, the gathering of the people of God in this place is the dwelling place of God. It's to be a place of prayer. And so prayer does two things. One, it, it's God honoring. It exalts God. The Lord's Prayer, you might remember, begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And So before any of our asking and our seeking of the Lord, we're really exalting, we're adoring and praising this Lord. God honoring, honoring to the Lord. But also prayer depends here. God honoring, dependent prayer. And so in prayer, we acknowledge our need and we seek the one from whom all blessings flow and continue remaining convinced out of any program, any Wednesday night or, or Sunday morning thing we do or any sort of ministry we would want to do that simply prayer. Prayer is one of our greatest ministries here. Maybe, maybe the most untapped resource of us. I think maybe if I asked all of you, if I asked myself, do you pray like you desire to pray? Do you pray as much as you want to pray? Do you pray without ceasing? Maybe some of you would say, you know, I'm not there, but I'm closer than I was. Maybe that idea. This would be a call this year to just pray. Maybe it's a call. Wednesday nights we meet at 6.30. I'll just call again. It's typically maybe the, the least attended of a church. And may that not be so in us. And that doesn't mean none of you, you know, the rest that aren't there, aren't praying. But I just encourage you, if you can, come to gather. We hear from God's Word, but we also pray and seek the Lord. We need Him. And we're in trouble, and I'm in trouble. When we start going along and going, I think we got this. I think we know what we're doing. I think I can, I think I can write a sermon. I think I can go minister to this person. I think I can. We need to be dependent on the Lord, totally dependent on Him. And so prayer, I think, prayer for me, at least maybe for you as well, I think it's a barometer of my dependence on the Lord. You might ask how your barometer looks. So maybe you want to be involved more in the church in 2024, make an impact, do more. Let me encourage you, pray. And whether you can join us here, pray while Brandon, Milt, Dave, while we're praying, pray in your closet. Pray, pray, pray. Lastly, number three, we exalt the Lord. These are all exalt the Lord by hearing His Word through preaching. Paul says this to Timothy. I actually have it up here for you. I know it's a little small, but not too bad. He says this about the Word, and, and then we're thinking of preaching. He says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then Paul adds, this is chapter 3, but he adds in chapter 4, telling Timothy, preach the word. And so God uses preachers and preaching to communicate the truths of the gospel to equip the saints. So I encourage you, worship the Lord by leaning forward to hear the word preached. And we lean forward, again, not because the preacher is so engaging or, boy, what a, what a humorous story he just told or, or what a great speaker he is. We lean forward. It's an act of worship. Lord, I want to hear from you. And it might be muddled, the, the, the medium, the, the speaker itself, boy, he got that point totally you know, off, but here, Lord, what do you have for me through the Word and as it's preached? And so we want to exalt the Lord and lean forward to worship the Lord. Again, if your attention span runs short, take notes, find a notebook, take time Saturday night as preparation for sun, that Sunday morning would begin on Saturday night. It's a good reminder for all of us. Parents again, moms maybe, especially with young ones, you're, you're catching a sentence or two of what is preached. That's about all you can get. Praise the Lord for that. Take that and say, Lord, what do you have through this sentence? Hopefully it's not a really weird sentence that you just you know, heard, but that you would hear what God has to say through that and so be equipped. And so may we be like the psalmist. He says in Psalm 119, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great uh, spoil. I just encourage you anytime. You're going to hear Milt read from God's word. Dave at times, Brandon, myself. You hear the word spoken in places. Take heed. When we hear the word, our ears go up. What do you have to say, Lord? So, mission number one, exalting the Lord. We're gathering to worship, to pray, to hear from His Word, and of our, our vertical mission. And then secondly, our mission's internal, and it is building up the body. Uh, our statement of faith continues on this. So, exalting the Lord, now building up the body. It says the saints are edified, built up through the means of grace, by the instruction of the Word, by biblical fellowship, and by the corporate observance of the ordinances. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 4 where we find this building up and equipping. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to look at verses 11 through 16 here. It's here that Paul speaks of the God's grace given to each one of us. And in Christ, the church is given these gifts. And listen for the purpose. What are these gifts for? How are they given? What are they to do? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves 
and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This grand purpose of the apostles, the prophets here, the evangelists, the shepherds, pastors, teachers, it's found in verse 12 of equipping the saints. One dictionary I looked at kind of offers this, maybe for this Greek word, an idea of the set, this idea of equipping is the idea of the setting of a bone. You know, I think of a broken bone that's set back into place. And so there's this equipping, the setting of the bone. Another way to say it is the preparation or the ESV here, equipping. So think of it this way, as the elders, the pastor here, as we equip, we, we set the bone in a way. Prepare, set the bone. What are bones to do? They're to walk, they're to run, they're to do things with them. You don't just kind of sit them. And so there's that setting for the equipping, for the work of the ministry. So it can function. And so that's the goal. And so we might ask here, maybe somebody asks you, who's the minister down there at Bethany Bible? You can answer, I'm one of them. And so is all the others that are there. It's you, and Lord willing, you all are being equipped. Take advantage of the equipping, Sunday school, the things here, the things out here, emails that go out, all those sorts of things. Be equipped and prepared so that you can do the work of the ministry. And I'm so encouraged to see that work in the ministry being spread out. I'm not feeling it's all up to me here. I shouldn't feel that way, but it's spreading out. The seniors are going to get together in a little bit. There's other things going on. I'm just so encouraged by that. You ought to be encouraged as well that this mission and this equipping, the ministry is happening. So it's not just a one-man ministry. So, uh, go here. Our statement of faith, as you look at it up here, see some various uh, means of grace, how God what God uses to build us up. We're talking about ministry. They're described here as you see it in there, the instruction of the Word through the means of grace, by the instruction of the Word. Uh, You've got biblical fellowship or the ordinances, baptism, communion here. Again, theologian Wayne Grudem kind of writes about this. He says, those who neglect the fellowship of the church willfully cut themselves off from all these means of grace and thereby cut themselves off from most of the ordinary means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring blessing to His people. These means of grace ought to give us great appreciation for the amazing privilege of being members of the body of Christ, the church. Maybe you caught in that quote this, this word, ordinary. And often, maybe we look for signs of God among us, kind of a miraculous sign, a big life-altering event, that sort of thing, a, a major spiritual experience. And yet it's God's ordinary means of grace, these ordinary things like, which it's not ordinary, but it, maybe it can feel that way. You mean a book? Yeah, a book written by God that is the truth, the Word. Ordinary means praying. How often, you know? Yeah, well, we can pray about that. 
I know, but we could also do the <laughs> prayer. There's singing, there's fellowship, there's a small table with gluten-free bread and a little cup of Welch's grape juice. Ordinary means that God uses for grace in our lives to grow us and equip us. So, we just encourage you again, don't spend your time waiting for the, the wow experience, even in your Bible reading or, or a certain revival moment. We want that. We want to be moved by the Lord. But discipline yourself, reading through the Bible, hearing the Word, singing, prayer, all these sorts of things. Avail yourself to God's ordinary means of grace. Just the daily, the weekly, plodding along in the Word, by prayer, gathering as God grows us. And so we exalt the Lord and we're building up the body but so that the doors back, well, I'm looking here, over here, they don't stay closed. We go out from here. And so our last mission, evangelizing the lost, the last part of that mission. Again, our statement here has it, Jesus Christ has given the church an enduring commission to evangelize the lost with this responsibility extending to every believer. Love in there, it doesn't say this is the work of the pastor, so send the pastor to them. It's, it's, it's all of us. Biblical evangelism, evangelism must involve both the spoken word and the unspoken testimony of a life transformed by the grace of God in Christ. If you head back to Psalm 96 for a minute, Psalm 96, verse 3, there's a verse that is above our mission board. I'm amazed at it continues to stay sticking up there somehow. Maybe I got the right, the right glue finally on it, but it comes from our text today in verse 3, 96.3, just the first part of verse 3 that says, to declare His glory among the nations. There's kind of the, the, the emphasis. What are we doing when we go out? What are we evangelizing? We're declaring glory, this glory in Christ. And it's not only the work, is it, of our missionaries listed there or mission agencies. It's the work and it's the joy of each one of us to declare. We praise. We delight to praise in what we treasure. So declare God's glory. Do it among the nations. And even the, men, the nations among you, maybe in your own neighborhood or the people you rub shoulders with or you're in your office or your school or your, your sphere of influence. And then maybe God is calling you to declare that glory overseas or to go to the, the unreached that have not heard of Christ. Part of this declaring is having compassion. In Matthew 9, we read Jesus saw the crowds. It says He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to begin thinking about if you know any wandering sheep, you know anyone lost who needs the shepherd. And so we're to declare Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to a world in darkness or to a neighbor in darkness or a co-worker in darkness. I have a 2024 challenge for you. I don't know how your 2023 challenge went, but Jesus' commission is clear. Matthew chapter 28, He says, Go and make disciples. Parents, Certainly, this involves being the primary disciple-maker of your children. I am thankful for the teachers we have that are going through Sunday school class, but it's not ultimately their job. It's a help. It's a tool to you as parents 
to take on this task of discipling your own children, our husbands, our own wives. But beyond that, it goes beyond as well to ask, are you part of making disciples, declaring the glory of God in the work of Jesus Christ to save sinners? And so once again, I'm just going to challenge you this year to think of someone. Maybe that someone just comes easily to mind. Maybe it's harder to think of. Think of someone in your sphere who is lost in darkness. And I'm going to encourage you, somewhere, if you have a pen or somewhere, maybe in your phone, make a note, write their name down. So I'm going to take a drink of water. You've got time. Who would that be? Is there anybody that comes to mind, you write down, This person I, I, I want to share Christ with. As you do that, I want to just encourage you. Maybe, maybe nobody comes to mind. So what do we do? Uh, let's pray. <laughs> pray. Lord, I can't think of any. I don't know if I know anybody. Pray and then watch. And begin to pray for that person that you write down. Pray for them. Um, a great book I've read years, years ago called Pray and Watch is this idea of praying for others, praying for one, and then just watch how God brings opportunities your way. Maybe sometimes you go, there's more opportunities than I can deal with. Praise the Lord. And oftentimes ministry is just right in front of our feet. It's right, it's that person at the gas station you always see or somebody at the post office. They just, they're always there when you're there. Or you always pass them on the road or you... All, Use those. Maybe as signs. This is the person. Pray about it and then watch for how God is at work in these things. So this is a church, a body of believers who gather to exalt the Lord, to build up one another, the building up the body, and the evangelizing of the lost. So the last question here, the last slide for you. Are you part of this mission? You don't have to wonder about People sitting in your row, just you. Are you part of this mission? And again, the beauty of the mission, there is no seminary degree required. You don't have to know Greek or Hebrew. You do need to be a believer in Christ. You need to know Christ. Do you know Him? Have you repented of your sin and darkness and run to the cross and run to Jesus? And if so, you are part of the body of Christ, the church. How will you work with the body? How will you gather together and sing and listen to God's Word and pray and exalt the Lord? How will you build up one another? What's your part in that? And there are varying parts of that. It's not just teachers and preachers. How will you go evangelize the lost? I pray all of us would be instruments, the book title, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands to Use for His Glory. Let's pray. As I close in prayer, I'm just going to give you a second here. If, if a name came to mind, why don't you take a minute and just pray for that person right now. Let's just start there, and then I'll close this here. Father, thank you that we're not in doubt as to what you've called us to. Ultimately, 
to come alongside your own mission and our mission to bring you glory. And you are worthy of that glory. Lord, guide us as a church in this next year that we would remember. Maybe parts of the sermon are remembered or familiar. Lord, help us to be about the mission, not because it's just something man has written down, but we see in your word this this call to exalt you, to build up the body, to, to go and make disciples. So help us to be on task. Help us not to forget what a football is, forget what the church is, and be off doing our own thing for our own glory. And Lord, how easy that is. Forgive us when we do that. And Lord, lead us uh, to exalt you in all that we do, that we would be known, Lord, not as a church that just has good singing or young people or be known as a church that says to everything, to God be the glory in all things forever. And we pray this in your name. Amen. If you've still got your Bibles open, you can turn them to Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Sometimes when we take communion, uh, I like to have a scripture maybe in front of me that while the cup and bread are being passed there's something to remind you. We're, we're to remember, but maybe sometimes we're, we're just looking off in space and going, what? What is with this bread? And, and so I want to look at a passage with you just real briefly. Because here at this table, this is kind of where our mission begins. Not, not the table per se, not the, the food that we'll partake in, but what it represents, Jesus Christ. That He's building a church, His bride, and we're here to remember Him. He's what brings us together. He's what unifies us as a body of Christ. Um, His cross. And so we want to remember His cross and His resurrection even at this table because it was there at the cross that God would not remember our sins. So it's a beautiful picture here of us remembering Him on a cross that brought uh, His remembrance no more. So look at Hebrews 10. says it this way. It says, Every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until His enemies should be made a footstool for His feet. For by a single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. So the death of Christ is a one-time sacrifice for sins. A sacrifice that opened up the Lord to us through His flesh, Christ taking upon Himself the punishment we deserved upon the cross. And a covenant of God's steadfast love that puts His law on our hearts, on our minds, and who will remember our sins and lawless deeds no more. So we're not here to make some sort of peace offering to the Lord. We can't. The offering's already been made in Christ. It's, it's we by faith taking hold of this great offering of Christ. And so this meal before us 
This is a meal for believers today. If Jesus is your Savior, if you've put your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins, then this meal is for you. If you're in maybe an active rebellion to the Lord, can I just implore you, repent, turn, confess, come to this table. But if you're not a believer in the Lord uh, today, I just encourage you, let the meal pass before you. Or today, come to know Christ. Repent, turn to the Savior and be welcome at this table. Part of this meal is preceded always by self-examination of us looking inward. So we remember Christ. Uh, we, we look to God to bring uh, to rem- uh, remembrance even in this time, sins we need to confess. Uh, I was looking up some things. One author, Sam Storms, talks about this as experiential communion that where that experiential communion with Christ has been broken and in sin that it's good to confess this. We confess those sins. Maybe it's a certain sin you need to confess this morning to the Lord relationally. It's not a justified, declared righteous in and out of salvation, but it's that experiential relational with the Father. We need to confess our sins. Maybe it's relational. Something maybe just in your own thoughts nobody knows about. So let me begin in prayer, and then I'm just going to be silent and let you take time to confess and prepare before we take of this meal. So Lord, right now as we come to you, would you just bring to mind anything that needs to come up from maybe even this morning, maybe even the last five minutes, or our week, or since Christmas, or in our lives, areas of sin, Lord, that we should not hide any longer. We need to confess and confess our sins to you. Help us to do that now. So just take time for that. I want you to hear in our sin, in our confession here, this where Hebrews continues. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider uh, how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.